Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Drop it. Mmm, that's a hard one for me. Drop that shit. Yeah. I heard you. You heard me. Drop it. My cortisol levels are high right now. My fight or flight is high right now. You are not going to get the soft apology that you're looking for in this moment. I don't have drop it. it. Yeah, just drop it. I told you. Said it was, okay, I fucked up. What do you want? Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'm gonna take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend, I said. Lovers and friends. Uh, I'm gonna hold you down, down to the end, I said. Hi there, lovers and friends. Welcome to the podcast about sex, love, relationships, and dating. My name is Sham Boudram. I am a sex and relationship expert with over 15 years in the game. I'm a sexologist. I have a background in journalism and psychology. And I'm nervous because I'm joined by a very handsome, very sexy, very sensual, sumptuous, delicious, delectable guest. And he's kind of making fun of me right now. So that's what No, I'm not. I'm, li- I'm listening. I feel like you were just doing the no. hand invitation to mm. imitate me. No, no. <laughs> you, you, you're the, the expert who's been studying sex and intimacy for 15 years. And I've been having sex for 15 years. So, Is that really how long you've been having sex for? Yeah, I lost my virginity at 15. It's so exactly. 16. It's 16 years. 16 years. Actually, I'm really, truly way over 15 years. I started talking about sex in 2005. So then update that. I know, but you know what it is? Because I took a break from the age of like 24 to 28. and Yeah, just, but you were still interested in sex. It I was, was still, still interested, but I took four years off. So now I'm like, ah, oh, and it just says, oh, 15 just sounds right. I yeah, don't really know. Okay. But anyhow, thanks for <laughs> catching me in a lie. Um, Jared is here. I am here. And our energy is low. We have a lot going on. we're fucking tired. Tired. I just need... A break and a yeah. breather. And this is a conversation I have to unpack so much more with my community because I put out a story actually this week. Yeah. I'm starting to think that this whole working mom thing is like a myth. I don't think it's real. I think it's dependent on everything working perfectly. Everybody doing exactly what they said. Everybody being healthy. And life is just not like that. Um, I don't know. I have not figured it out at all. And today is kicking my I mean, do you think that being a good mom and being a well-rounded worker is ever conceivable? I haven't figured it out. And I made this comment the other day that I'm like, people, let me just put myself in the driver's seat here because it's me. I wanted to have kids because at the end of the workday, there was about two hours between finishing work and going to bed that I was like, I could do kids right now. Yeah. That was it, really, truly. I'm like... Cut I, to low saying. Um, kids, yeah, I could, I could do kids. I Who said, I can do kids? I, I was, <laughs> know, what guys. nigga says, I can do kids? <laughs> I can do it. Nigga, that shit, ain't, that shit ain't a drive up the coast. <laughs> exactly. I could do that. <laughs> what? Yeah. But kids are not two hours a day, people. Okay? They are... 24-7, constantly. Some kids. Some kids. Because I talk to some, and, like, their kid will be on their easel for hours. What's an easel? Isn't it where they paint and draw? Oh, easel, easel. Easel, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. 
they be on their easel for hours. They will be watching. They have their favorite shows. They're independent. They like to chill. And they're fine with being without their parents for a couple hours at a time. Ours are not. No. But you know what? As much as things feel a little chaotic right now, work has never been less. We've never probably made less money. So those two yeah. things are definitely correlated, which I don't mind that, to be honest with you. Um, I am so grateful for where we've come and where we sit now. In shared entertainment, it is back to being just me and Jared. Yeah. Yep. Alone, working on our islands. It's interesting because even today we were setting this video up and you're like, hey, can you format the card? And you said it so casually. And I was like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. And then I looked at this thing and I was like, I have no idea how to do that. Really? No, Jared, I don't. We had employees and I didn't have to do stuff. Uh, so it's, But I think it's actually good for what we need just to stop and reset. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we've done this a few times already. So it's kind of like the computer, you have to keep rebooting. But even though it feels like we're always troubleshooting, I think that things continue to get better because when I reflect on February of this year, when we were constantly getting sick, we had three full-time employees. We were so overloaded with work. We were barely sleeping, barely spending time with the kids, not enjoying life. Things are night and day from that point. Yeah, I agree. I, I know that slowly we are going to find a space where it's that happy medium where we're taking on enough jobs while being able to like manage when we can get daycare and when we can get babysitters and manage when we need to out you know offload some work uh which is the hard decision to make because you have to find one good employee actually someone just emailed us today and quit oh yeah i don't I know did if you see saw that, that. I did see yeah. That, yeah so it just keeps Woo! <laughs> 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 um but throughout all of this configuration i have just never felt more in love with you more grateful for you and more connected to you. And I brought you on this podcast to ask you, do you feel the same? I do. I feel like I had just threaded this the other day, which I don't know you don't have threads, which I don't know why. Because everybody used it for the first day and now they're done. It's and still I don't popping want over any there. more work. It's still <laughs> popping Tell over me about there. It. Um, I did a thread and I said, I know one thing for sure. Whatever I'm going through, I can look to my left and always see my wife has my back, no matter what. Um, and I felt that even stronger through these last few months um, where it's like, you know, more so than anybody. I'm in a space where I can't really depend on too many people. It usually has to be me who gets whatever else done. Um, but the one person that I can always depend on, whether that needs love, I need somebody I need to express to, whether I need someone I need guidance from, somebody I need to just talk to or just get an intimacy from, you're that person that I can always 1,000, 110% never fails. If I need somebody, you got me, which is if there was anybody who was going to be able to do that for me, it should be you. And so I'm glad. Are you getting misty? I am getting misty. Oh my gosh, I never see you get misty talking about my love. <laughs> I'm ruining it. <laughs> what is something that he's most sensitive about? Music? Yes, his music. Sensitive about his shit. Like Eric Badu. Um, I had to say not take offense to that, actually. Because in our relationship, when I've seen, I've seen Jared cry a small handful of times and I'm pretty sure they've all dealt with music. Mm. And I'm like, we've gone through some shit. Why have you never <laughs> cried? Never Why dropped I one? Never but I, but I don't cry. I don't cry that often when it comes to like things like that. I'd rather just handle it. Right. 
the music thing seems so out of control in our relationship. I feel like we can work through. You know it. what? It's so funny you say that because I was t- I was my partner. I was asking him. I was like, when was like, do you cry? Like, when's the last time you cried? I'm like, would you cry if like we broke up? And he's like, why do you want me to cry so bad? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I equate crying to like you care. that you care. Yeah. And as like as women, I think we do that. Like, yeah. if you don't cry, then what the fuck are we doing here? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but I'm men like, men cry from the women a lot of times to manipulate them. So. It's like, yeah, you you value it, and we know that you value it, so we're gonna use it against you. So actually, you should take it as like, hey, he hasn't cried in front of me like that. that so you cry in really... private? No, I don't. I I'm trying to fix the issues, whatever we're talking Do about. Do you cry like... in private over me? <laughs> no, I don't. no, I Long don't. Answer. I'm trying to talk. I'm trying to make sure. We, there's no time. There's no Not time for crying right now. Are you crying for our love, baby? Yeah, that's really nice. Take a moment right now for me to collect myself. And for us to show some love to the sponsors episode. Because you know who else always comes through? Food. Say hello to HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-proportioned ingredients and delightful seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. With quick and easy dinner options, plus breakfast and lunches, you'll never be stuck for a meal idea. Some of them only take 15 minutes to even make, so what are you doing? And if you're worried about your cooking skills... Do not be. HelloFresh makes chef-crafted cooking a breeze with minimal cleanup. Trust me, you guys, this is 25% cheaper than takeout, less, less expensive than grocery shopping, and best of all, there's so much to choose from, especially now that HelloFresh owns every plate and Green Chef. And Lauren, my sister, the chef of all chefs, uses Green Chef, so I know it's good stuff. So join the A-team and get America's number, number one, one meal, meal kit. kit. No, no, that's you didn't like that. No, no, no. (laughs) So join the A team and get America's number one meal kit. Plus, get fifty percent off by going to HelloFresh.com/slash fifty lovers. Plus, you're gonna get fifteen percent off the next two months. Hold on a second. Let me get that straight. So when you go to HelloFresh.com/slash fifty lovers, your first purchase that's half off. Yep. And then for two more months after that, you're getting fifteen percent off. Yep. HelloFresh. All right, everybody, I want to give a fair warning. This episode is corny. It is high on the cheese and corn meter. And if you are lactose tolerant and not interested in <laughs> corn, may not be the episode for you. Um, and if so, I'm going to give you a chance right now to click out of here. And if you do click out this early, there's one thing that we would love for you to do. Yeah. And that is go for 30 seconds. That's all we're asking for. Go and stream Jared's new song. It's called Pick a Side. But if you leave it on my door. Can you can you pick a side? Baby, can you go pick a side? Make your mind around about to slide. If you know the world, I'll decide. If I'm going to world, that's goodbye. If we're out, it's just for safety. And if you like what you hear, go listen to 30 more. And if you like the 30 seconds, yeah. go listen to the rest of the song. Might as well. Go do it. Now. I know you want me, baby. Just know I want you to. I know this might sound crazy, but I'm in love with you. For the first time that I saw you. I was actually on a podcast recently. We were talking about what your love superpower is. What is the thing about you that makes you a greater lover than anybody else? Because we all have weaknesses too. So rather than saying blanket statements like I'm a great lover, Mm. which is not true across the board because some people couldn't stand your ass. And that's okay. You're still lovable. But rather hyper-focusing on what's the specific thing about you that makes your love incredible, a gift that you can give to people. And some people want different gifts, right? And I was like, I actually can't think of what my love superpower is, but I do know what Jared's is. You see the good in everybody and everything, 
especially me. Mm. I never feel like you are assessing me or judging me or auditioning me. But beyond that, there's never a person whose heels leave our home that you can't wait for them to drive off so you can talk some shit about them. Oh. It's just, yeah. it, it, to me, it's like watching somebody swallow fire because it's so natural for me to want to say negative things or speak on the negative or be judgmental and not even in a, a rude way. To me, negative is interesting. Like, and that's how I grew up. Like gossiping is interesting. Talking shit about people is interesting. Even your relationship, it's not interesting unless it's dramatic. Mm. And you're the first healthy relationship that I had before. And I found myself kind of missing the toxicity because I had nothing to talk about with my friends or with my mom. So you're my, just my greatest inspiration, my biggest mentor. And it is so true that in a time where everything else feels like it's exploding and imploding around us, I can look at you for whatever I need. And mm. I hope that's not too much pressure, but I'm, I'm glad to be that person for you too. Yeah. Communication must be a significant part of your successful relationship. Can you share some strategies or habits that you both adhere to to ensure your communication stays open and healthy? Mm. I, th You know, I lean on you heavy for this because like I said in last week's episode, you know, you have an, uh, a natural interest in maybe it's not me per se, but it's... What are you looking at? Mosquito. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, you have a natural instinct into intimacy and relationships. And through that, because I am the person you're in a relationship with, you're constantly asking questions. You're constantly trying to figure out what I do like, what I don't like, how you can love me better. And like I said, it's probably because you're just more into intimacy than it's you actually care what I, what I like. But you're, you're, you really create a space that feels easy to talk to you about things. Um, and so... I think you are the leader in that area. I just kind of follow suit in my in my opinion. Yeah, I think that we have got we both have really strong strengths when it comes to communication and I can rely on you to be honest about what you're experiencing and feeling. I also can rely on you to not say everything. I think that's a big part of mm. communication in a relationship. It's being particular about what you don't say uh, as much as what you do say to each other. And even I think in parenting, that goes 10 times fold because you could easily spend the entire relationship micromanaging each other because you're seeing somebody take part in a role that you're so precious about. Yeah. Um, and you don't do that at all. I don't even know how you don't do it as much because I try my best and I know that I could do a lot better, I'm sure. Um, but you do. You just you're really mindful about when it's time to step. I've actually never even I can't even draw upon an example before where you've critiqued my parenting. No. Which is a crazy statement because in my life and in my family, it's like the number one topic. Yeah. So the fact yeah. that the person who lives with me doesn't have anything bad to say when it seems like the world does is just such a, a blessing for me. For anybody else, communication is an art and it's an evolving art that mm -hmm. you have to continuously try to master. So I am very grateful to come across articles or to watch podcasts or to hear questions or um, just to be in tune with different ways of getting in tune with someone else. And I, in you, have somebody who may not go out and come back with a card game, um, but you'll always participate. And I yeah. really love that. Yeah. All right. It's truly inspiring to see how well you both get along, even when the demands of work and raising kids. Can you share any secrets or tips for maintaining a strong and intimate connection amidst your busy schedules? The first thing that came to my mind is empathy. Um. I think once you recognize how hard parenting is and how hard life is in general, when maybe your partner or somebody close to you falls short of that, 
you recognize life is hard. And whatever they did, it's not it's not because they're doing it to spite you or be mean. It's just like it's just being empathetic to what that person is going through and how hard they're working. I, I remember um somebody was telling me, like they were complaining to me about an adult and was like, he's just like a child. He just just he just like reacts like a child. And I'm just like, dude, life is hard. I think that that joy element is a part of it is just knowing that you can rely on each other for that. And if you can't get to joy, you don't have access to that, at least have peace. Yeah. Don't make this shit harder. That's it. If you have that kind of agreement, a pact, doesn't even have to be a romantic partner. There should be someone in this life who's like, I am not going to make this shit harder for you. Yeah. That is how you stay together when everything else is falling apart. One of my favorite things that we do in our relationship and we get better at it with time is guilt-free complaining. Yeah. Like being able to say, I'm not happy without the other person internalizing that as I'm not making you happy or you're not happy with me. Or trying to fix it. Or trying to fix it. Just stating the facts of being like, this is shitty, I'm overwhelmed, I'm exhausted. And then I think that comes with the trust that we have amongst each other and also the knowledge that you know that you're doing your absolute best and I know you're doing your absolute best. Mm. And I know I'm doing my best and I'm with somebody who knows that I'm doing my best too. So mm. I don't ever think that we have this like shrouded layers of guilt amongst it. And then speaking of that, you know, how do we find time to maintain the connection? I think that we meet the connection where it's at rather than trying to force it to go where maybe we just don't have the time to right now. Yeah, and a lot of that, you know, is hard for a lot of couple or couples is because of abandonment issues. Or, you know, it's like, I remember there was a time in our relationship where if you complained a lot about certain things in your life, I internalized that as I'm going to be next and you're going to leave. And so there's like an abandonment traumatic issue that I used to have growing up um, that I think is a lot less now. I don't like instantly go to when you're complaining or having an upset time or, or a bad week. I don't look at that as like, well, I'm going to be next to get the brunt of this complaint, you know? Um, How'd you get past that? I don't know. I think, it, think I, I, a lot of it had to do with kids. And, you know, the more foundationally fit we got, the more uh, in, integrated our lives became. The more it became like she can't leave. Yeah, the more it was like, you know what? <laughs> Try it. It would be really, Good really. Yeah, it would be really, really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But You know what's so crazy when I'm just thinking about that? This is not answering the question. But I have more confidence postpartum than I did before having kids. Mm. I have more confidence in us. I have more confidence in my ability to be the best for you. And I feel less insecure in our love, mm. which feels strange. But I think before we had kids, I used to go through those periods of time where I would do that sort of anxious avoidant thing where I'd be really needy and really clingy. And then if you didn't reciprocate at the high level of demands that I was getting, I would get very avoidant and withdraw from you. Mm. And that was just because I felt embarrassed or ashamed that maybe you didn't love me as much as I loved you. Mm. And I don't have those anymore. And I don't really know what kids shifted in me that gave me just more of a solid knowingness. Um, and not just knowing that you love me, but also just knowing that I'm lovable mm. and I don't have to feel like I'm constantly competing or auditioning with anybody. And yeah, that, that's been a real, a real gift of motherhood. Yeah. Many couples find it challenging to keep the spark alive in the bedroom while juggling work and parenting responsibilities. How have you managed to prioritize sex and keep things exciting? 
That I think is a difficult question for us to answer because I think that we're, our libidos are in sync right now. There's not. I don't think there's a hard fight right now. Yeah. I could be wrong. I think what we've gotten really good at is cycles of sex. Mm-hmm. Rather than like two times a week consistent, I couldn't tell you last time we had sex. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. If you asked me two weeks ago, it would have been like five minutes ago. You know, yeah. like there's times where we're just humping each other nonstop. And if somehow, some way, every single day, we find a time to make it work. And then there are times where I'm like, I have no idea how I would fit this in. And we don't. Yeah. And neither person, we seem like we're on the same time with that. Yeah. And that could just be because we're in sync in terms of we're both working so cohesively together so we know what the priorities are there and we both parent and we do so much together maybe that's why maybe the answer is that in order to match your libidos you have to match everything else in life and yeah because it's like we have a long like last week was a really long work week yeah there was gonna be no opportunity unless we forced it to to do it what i will say too though is someone was saying the other day that they think the secret to healthy relationships is absence and time apart and missing one another and I was reflecting on that because on one hand, we have hyper amounts of time together. But on the other hand, you know, even this past year, we've probably spent three months apart total. Mm. You know, the times that I was away and the two times that you were away for a tour. And then when I went to Toronto just recently. So I think that that's maybe that's just our jam, right? It's like these concentrated periods of time. And I will say when we were apart and got back together, there was something really magical about the sex and something really magical. Even that was our best kiss ever. Yeah, that's what you said. It was our best. Just because you hadn't had it in a long time. Maybe. (laughs) And that actually gave me hope too because whenever you start to feel like the spark is gone, sometimes you just have to walk away from the fire altogether. Mm. I mean, we have lives that happens manually, but if you ever start to feel like I need that new thing again, rather than finding a whole new person, just take six weeks away from your partner, come back and see how you feel then. Go to a hotel for a while. Yeah. (laughs) Leave. (laughs) Can you share insights into how disagreements strengthen rather than weaken your relationship? Uh, yeah, something that you're doing. I don't know if you noticed or you made a conscious effort to do this, but um, let's say we're having a get-together and I'm getting up and I'm doing a lot of things that we wouldn't normally do. I'm cleaning areas that we wouldn't normally clean. I'm preparing and putting things out in different ways and I'm running around the house like doing too much, you know, sometimes. A way that you used to express your appreciation for that you would be like, when everybody got here, you'd be like, Jared really wanted to impress you guys and put all these things up and do this and clean that. He even cleaned the shades in the set. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know how you used to talk about it. But I know you're saying it in like a proud way, but you shifted the way you talked about it and being like, I just love Jared. He just went and did this and did that and did, you know, he took the extra step instead of like kind of like mocking it. But yeah, I know it's, I knew it was always from a place of, you're like, I'm proud that my husband took it serious and did that. Um, but it used to always, like, hit a soft spot of, like, why do you have to explain it like it's not a good thing? Like, of course it's a good thing that we're doing this. But you shifted. I, I don't know. I think last time you did it, I think we had a conversation about it. And this is a classic line that you know you always say. You know I'm going to fix it. Yeah. Like, you know I'm going to fix it, okay? <laughs> yeah. I'm fighting you right now because you hate to be told you're doing something wrong. Yeah. I mean, you're getting better but um you hate to be told in the moment but then you'll yell at me and say like you know for a fact i'm fighting you right now but i'm taking in what you're saying and you're gonna see a result from Mm -hmm. it it's those little things of figuring out what language makes you feel degraded versus uplifted Mm -hmm. and when i can learn that for something as simple as a party i can apply that for complex things like 
vulnerability towards your family or mm. pain with your career. So yeah, I think sharpening those small little concepts in those mundane moments is what gets you ready for the big show. And I think that with conflict, what we've done a really good job at is we don't pick on each other too much. Yeah. I mean, that just I think comes naturally just from me liking you. There's not mm. a lot of stuff about you that I don't like, which mm. I think that's where partner choice really comes into play. We often talk about the fact we probably could love anybody really well, but I don't know anybody who I would love as much as I love you mm. um, and enjoy loving as much as I love you because I love loving you. And I think that, yeah, because of the fact that I don't feel like there's tons of things wrong with you, I have the patience and energy to work on the three things mm. and to work on them pretty diligently and to remind each other. And then I think when we see that progress, it gives you the faith that you can bring up something else again. Yeah. One of the Buddhist practices that I've been picking up on that I've been trying to integrate, but you haven't really picked up on it with me, is the concept of drop it. Mm, that's a hard one for me. Drop that shit. Yeah. I heard you. You heard me. Drop it. My cortisol levels are high right now. My fight or flight is high right now. You are not going to get the soft apology that you're looking for in this moment. I don't just have drop it. it. Yeah, just drop it. I told you. Said it was, okay, I fucked up. What do you want? That's what I can give right now. You said to me, like, I told you five minutes ago. Didn't I say that? I didn't hear you because I'm stressed out. And then afterwards you went on for 40 minutes about all the things that I did wrong. And so we can't go any further. There's no new information to uncover. You're back in it right now. <laughs> your, your, voice is, your voice is getting in there. <laughs> just drop it. You drop it. No, I'm You're just talking saying. about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> there are times... Of when we get to a certain place in the argument, just acknowledging that there's no new information and all we're going to end up doing is dragging in old stuff just to try to make this thing meatier than it is. Mm. It's okay to mm. let it go. Yeah. Let it go. What role does mutual respect play in your relationship, especially in situations where you have differing opinions or approaches, either in parenting or work? I define respect in the sense that I trust that person's opinion. It's usually when I respect them. Um, if I feel myself not trusting what that person is saying, then it usually aligns with I don't respect this person. Do you trust what I say? Mm -hmm. I trust what you say too. Yeah. So I don't know what I don't know how to answer that question. So maybe you can kick it off. Maybe. It'll, yeah. Maybe it'll trust is it. Maybe that's the key to respect. I mean, that's a massive aha for me because, like I said, I've struggled with this word for a really long time. And it feels like a big, heady, spacious word. And people are so grounded when they say it. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, just that. That takes a lot of work, though, to get to that space with somebody. Yeah. Because it's not even that I do. I trust you to be saying the truth. It's like, are you even in touch with what's real? And you trust somebody off of the, even in a business sense, you want to know what their prior clients have been working, what, what worked in the past, how much knowledge do you have? on a particular topic that I'm willing to trust what your guidance is here to say. And so uh, in a relationship, it's probably the same thing. It's like track record. Over time, I will grow in respecting, respecting you because of various different events and encounters that I've had with you where you've shown that your word or your decision-making makes sense. Can you share any rituals or practices that you believe have played a significant role in nurturing and sustaining the affection and intimacy in your relationship? You had a friend recently who was in a really dramatic relationship and you said to this person, it doesn't have to be this way. Yes. And then he said to you, nah, what I have is normal. 
what you have is not normal. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that's wrong? And what do you think that we do that makes harmony the norm in our dynamic? I think in that example, that person ignores the way that that person reacts to conflict. And so when I said to him, it doesn't have to be this way. It's like, you don't have to be in a relationship with this person. There's things that I think I would be able to pick up on in a relationship before I'm neck deep in it. So then to answer that question, do you think that there's rituals or practices they can weave in or it's just you're with the right person or you're not? Yeah, that would be my... I know that's not like the flattering advice, but um, maybe the ritual and practice is like hopefully inspiring that person to go get some more self-development in your relationship and start showing, oh, when we get in times of conflict, this is the way you can process your emotions before you just let your emotions talk for you. Um, so, yeah, I just think that person has to go through some self-development. I think if you get into a place where every time we get in a fight or a, or a disagreement, it's a blow-up and it's very dramatic, it, it, to me, life is already so stressful and careers are already so stressful. Why is this thing have to be this stressful? And maybe it has to be. And maybe we what we have is the rare thing. I don't know. But what I do know is I don't want it to be any other way. So if you and I didn't work out and I'm back in the dating life, it, if it didn't feel this easy, I'm not going to entertain it. When the world feels like it's exploding and imploding on you at the exact same time, how do you not turn on each other? I think it's easy for me. And the reason why I think it's easy for me, going back to like what, what we talked about in the beginning of this episode, was that when everything is falling apart, I can turn to you and depend on you. I can depend on you to help. I can depend on you to um, understand. I can depend on you to, you know, uh, give me guidance. I can depend on you in so many different areas that when the world feels like it's exploding and imploding on me at the same time, the last person I'm going to bite is you. And so, which is interesting because I think at past times it would be you that I bite. So I don't know what's changed in that process. And this is why I hate giving advice because it's like sometimes I haven't processed all the, the, the questions that they're going through. And it's like, huh, oh yeah, you're right. Maybe this is like that in our relationship. How do I process? How did we get here? A way that I could put this into a picture. So this week I had arguably, we'll see in October, my biggest opportunity to date come up. Mm. And I didn't have any time to prep for this day. I was mm. sent the pitch documents while in advance. I was told that I needed three outfits and I really wanted them to be solid outfits. I wanted great looks. I wanted all those things. And then like everything else in our life, I find myself the morning of completely unprepared. And I had both kids upstairs with me and they're throwing things everywhere. We should have taken a picture of our room. I perfectly described our life for the past couple of weeks. So they're throwing things everywhere. They're tantruming at different moments. I'm trying to steam, but also I'm in fight or flight because I'm afraid I'm going to hurt one of the kids. And I'm trying to watch, make sure someone doesn't swallow an earring. And all these things are happening in my world. Then you came upstairs. And it just would have been so easy to be like, <sighs> but instead I'm like, oh God, here's my life raft. Let me be nice to my life raft. Like this is the best chance at sanity right now. This yeah. is my best chance at survival. And I could 
argue that you should have come in earlier. I could argue that you could be a little softer or more floaty, but God damn it, you're what I have and you're all that I want in that moment. So I think wanting that, um, wanting that peace and wanting that relief and freedom that that person can give you if you lean on them, I think that's what keeps us together. Yeah. Yeah. Life is hard. Life is hard. Just give empathy. Baby, you're having a hard day too. Yeah. I know. Okay. Well, let's stop. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Lovers and Friends. I needed this break this week. I needed this one-shot filming opportunity. Um, we'll be back next week with a very special guest for me. Yeah, you came off that interview and said, this is why I do this podcast. I was buzzing, yeah. and um, it was inspiring. I think I actually might travel to meet with this person. That's like how deep I was a remote interview. I felt a deep connection, and you get to feel it too next week. So talk then. Bye. Yeah. Oh, baby, before you go, can you tell them to go rate and review the podcast? Oh, go rate and review the podcast. What you doing? I mean, if you don't do that, what's the point of listening? Because that thing right there helps the podcast more than you know, and it's free. It does nothing but cost you a little bit of time, and it's not much time. Do it while you're taking a shit. Speaking of which, can we tell them about what we need to do for 30 seconds this week? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, go to this link in this bio and just while you're rating and reviewing, just go ahead and click another link. I might write a review and put my link there if Apple allows me. <laughs> and click this song. It's called Pick a Side. Can you, can you pick a side? Lovers and Friends is executive produced by Shared Entertainment's Shan Boudram. It is produced by Boudram with production support from 2S Entertainment's Adam Krasner and Brianna Barone. The Lovers and Friends theme song is produced by Sean Ross and performed by Jared Brady, who also does the scoring and engineering on our episodes. Lovers and Friends is powered by Audioboom and made possible by our incredible sponsors who you can show love to by reading our show notes. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.